if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed. Hour number two underway at nine minutes past ten. Thanks for being with us on this Wednesday, the 16th morning of the 12th month of the year of our Lord 2020. Thursday is the last shot, I am told, by at least one member of the Ohio House of Representatives to override Senate Bill 311's veto. Senate Bill 311 passed the Senate. Then it passed the House. Then it was vetoed, as expected, by the little Napoleonic tyrant uh, named Mike DeWine. And I don't care if he's a Republican. It is what it is. And he has decided that his view and his voice is the only one that shall shall be considered when it comes to COVID-19 restrictions and orders and protocols. The judiciary has no say in it whatsoever, despite being one-third of the co-equal branches of government. How do we know this? Because they have already ruled. Judges have ruled that his orders have been unconstitutional. And he has ignored them, filed appeals, and kept on going anyway. The legislature doesn't matter. How do we know this? I just told you. The legislature finally got it together and passed both houses with strong majorities. The uh, limitations of the governor's power. And he vetoed that. He believes that the only person who can make the decisions that impact the lives and the livelihoods of Ohioans is Mike DeWine, perhaps with the counsel of his director of uh, the Department of Health. And that's it. So I am told by one House of uh, House member that Thursday is the last chance to override this in the House because they ain't coming back after Christmas. And that means it has to be moved from the Senate to the House in very short order. That means today, Senate President Larry Oboff, that means today the Senate needs to be called into session and a vote needs to be held so they can move this override to the House by tomorrow. Joining us now to talk about all of this, why we are, where we are, and the ramifications if they don't act is our friend Tom Zawistowski. Tom is, of course, uh, Tom Z from the Portage County Tea Party, and he is the president of the We the People Convention. Tom, good morning, sir. Good morning, Bob. Thanks for raising this very important topic. Well, you know, it was raised with me, uh, uh, Tom. Uh, I got a message yesterday from a, from a, a, a legislator who literally just said, you know, 
Uh, if we don't start putting some pressure here on people, including on the Senate side, Larry Abhoff, and on the House side, those who may be a little bit reluctant to override the veto, including Gail Manning, um, you know, it all may be lost. It just may be too late. And I said, well, then let's get on the radio and put some pressure on. And I figured nobody really puts pressure on quite the way you do, you do Tom. So let's start there. Let's start with, with the Senate. Why do you suppose it is? Because according to sources that I have in Columbus or close to Columbus, they have the votes in the Senate to override Governor uh, DeWine's veto of 311. Why do you think that nothing is moving um, in the Senate? Uh, Tom Zawistowski? Well, I, can, uh, I can tell you, you know, what I know, and what I know is the deciding vote to override uh, the set veto by Governor DeWine of Senate Bill 311 is Larry Obhoff himself. They need 20 votes. They have 19. Larry Obhoff would be the deciding vote. Larry Obhoff is not going to be the deciding vote to override a veto of Governor DeWine, as you pointed out earlier in your show, when he's going to be counting on Governor DeWine to give him a position after he's done being Senate president. Uh, you know, everyone needs to understand you know, where we are at this point. It's, it's all political theater. There's no representative government here at all. So let me just spell it out to you as best I know it. First of all, the session today for the Senate has been canceled because it was considered an if-needed session, okay? And apparently passing Senate Bill 311 to give us, the people, some representation in these heinous decisions that the governor's making about our businesses, our jobs, our children's education, apparently it's not needed. So the session today is already canceled. There will be a session tomorrow in the Senate, but they're not going to bring up this Senate Bill 311 override. And the reason is because Larry Oboff is not going to be the deciding vote. Secondly, he's telling people. No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. Before you go to secondly, before you go to secondly, Tom, uh, let's finish firstly. Um, You have the. You said at the beginning of your commentary just now. Let me tell you what I know, not what you think. Mm -hmm. So you have this on confirmed good authority that this is Abhoff's viewpoint on this that he will not call this thing for a vote because he does not want to vote on it. That's correct. And I have that from senators and from other people in the Republican Party who've talked to him directly. He's also telling okay. people that the reason not to bring it up in the Senate is because even though they may have the votes in the House to, you know, to override the veto, that there are 15 House members that are quarantined. And so they couldn't come and vote. Because, of course, why would you make plans to have, be able to have them vote remotely, Bob? In, since we've only been dealing with this stupid COVID hoax for six, seven, eight months, why would you, you know, make plans to have people be able to vote remotely? Instead, you can use the quarantine of COVID as an excuse not to have enough votes. So they're 15 votes short in the House of overriding the veto. And they're not simply simply by attendance, simply by right. attendance. But they and now this this I legitimately don't have the answer to Tom Zawistowski, but they can't set that up in short order. They can't set up a virtual vote by by way of Zoom or whatever it is that they want to, and get the people on, uh, in those fifteen uh, seats that are not present right now get them on the record in voting. They could. They won't. They can't. They don't care. They can. They just. They just won't. It's so, an excuse. It's an excuse, Bob. There's no representative government here. 
we need to understand, all your listeners need to understand, at the local, state, and federal level, our government has collapsed. Our court systems have collapsed. There is no constitution for these people. It's just like, Bob, how about I was just talking to someone the other day. All the lawsuits that we filed in Ohio, which we've won, every single one of them, right, Bob? All the, the Wake County right. one about the bars, the ones about the gyms. We, every single judge has ruled that Mike DeWine has no legal right to do any of this. What's happened to those lawsuits? Nothing. They've been sitting, they're supposed to go to the appeals court, 11th Court of Appeals. That's been, I don't know what, five months? Yeah. Never going to hear it. Yeah. Never going to hear it. Yeah, well, that's, so that's why I said he's denied? ignored the judicial branch as well as the legislative branch. Uh, Tom, I want I want you to respond to this. Um, by the way, Larry Oboff, it should be pointed out, is absolutely hiding and running scared. He is responding to no one's text messages. And I'm talking about people like you, people like me, people like others who are in charge of conservative groups, activists, and just concerned citizens who have messaged him, who have had private conversations with him in the past. He is ignoring them all. He is just wants nothing to do with this, and I'm talking about for weeks now. But I have this. The AP, an AP story from December 2nd. So what are we talking? 14 days ago, two weeks ago. Ohio Senate President Larry Obhoff said Wednesday he has the votes to override Governor Mike DeWine's threatened override of a bill restricting the state health department's powers during a health emergency and said he will hold a vote if the bill is vetoed as promised by week's end. Now that's a direct quote from the AP saying that Larry Obhoff has as promised he will hold that vote now you're telling me that he absolutely will not and he won't even answer a phone call from a member of the press to tell us why and to comment on that um he also said to me tom zawistowski larry aboff did in uh, an interview i did with him in late summer uh that he has no interest whatsoever in working for mike dewine uh after his senate term is up and he has no interest in a judgeship either uh, I, 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 quite frankly, I just don't know if I can believe that anymore. Uh, Tom, how about you? <laughs> well, no, that's exactly the point. The last time I talked to Larry Obhoff, cause he won't talk to me anymore. He told me that they would make sure that this gets fixed. I assure you, Tom, that this is what the governor has done was not what was intended by, you know, the legislation we passed. And I guarantee you, we will fix this. Yeah, no, he got the phone call. He's not taking our phone calls, Bob, but he, he got the phone call. After he made that statement in AP, you think he didn't get a phone call about what he's going to do and what he's not going to do? This is our problem. There is no, there are not nobody, there are few, very few people in our government at any level who actually answer to the people. They all answer to special interests. It's all about them, their selfish interests, their future job, their next election. And this is the problem we're facing, and this is why we are in the situation we're in, both locally, statewide, and nationally, because we've, we've lost control of our government. They don't have any fear of us. And that's why, you know, as long as people keep wearing masks and keep obeying these, these not laws, these opinions by Mike DeWine, you know, that, that you, you know, close your business or don't, you, know, you, you can have 200 people at Costco, but you can have 12 people in your restaurant, right? Right. Well, when are we going to stop? Because, yeah. again, what more that's, proof well, do you that's need? That's what this was we're for. Right. We're doing the same thing we were doing in March and April and May and June and July. Has any of it worked? Has any of it worked? Not a thing's worked. 
But, oh, you, you've got to do more of it, don't you understand? No, you've um, got to stop doing it. Tom Zawistowski is my guest from uh, the We the People Convention in the Ohio uh, Portage County Tea Party. Tom, you said that you have it on good authority that he won't be and doesn't want to be the deciding vote from other senators. Are those senators proactive here? Are they pounding on his door each day? Are they ringing his phone each day? Are they doing whatever they can to... And and, and if they're not, why not? Why are they not doing that? And why are they not going public saying, we are ready to override, we're waiting for our Senate president to act? What are they afraid of? Well, they're afraid of the machine. They're afraid of the big donors. But they are acting. They are fighting they're taking our phone calls. People like Christina Rogner. No, but uh, no, I understand that. But are they making the phone calls? Are they are they are oh, they going absolutely. after Larry Aboff himself to make him? You know, do we, look. He promised absolutely. us again. I just quoted the AP two weeks ago. He promised he would hold this vote. And now he's not. And you know, obviously, he doesn't have to answer to the voters because he's up. He's done. He's term limited. He's out. So he doesn't have to answer to the voters. He doesn't have to answer to us. He has to answer to somebody, and that's why I'm wondering what other senators, representatives, or anybody else that can that can make any headway with this guy between today and tomorrow. See, this is how this works, though, Bob. Here's the problem: if if he didn't think the House could, if, if there's 15 people in the House who can't show up to vote and they're not going to pass it. Larry Oboff's not going to be the deciding vote that doesn't actually get carried through. It'd be political suicide. He's caring for his own personal interest. So that's his excuse. The House can't pass it, therefore we're not going to vote. Yeah, it's uh, it's infuriating is what it is. And again, I know there are uh, enough people. I, you know, the, the 15 people out in the House side because of COVID or COVID concerns or whatever, notwithstanding, I understand there there are enough of them to vote yes. They are going to vote to override. The numbers are there if they just go ahead and arrange it to, you know, as you said, have a virtual vote or whatever the case might be. So this is really just a matter of will. And, and, it's, and it's the will of Larry Obhoff to ignore the will of the people. If he did the will of the people and our senators have said, we want this thing gone, we want this, uh, you know, this unilateral power of the health director and the governor gone, uh, if the will of the people are being ignored by the will of Larry Obhoff, it doesn't matter what the rest of them do over on the House side. House side. Last thought, uh, Tom Zawistowski. Well, you know, I, I do ask people to call their senators, call your House members, okay, demand that they represent us, say it's not a good enough excuse that you, you know, people have COVID, do something to get them to vote over the phone or on a Zoom call or whatever. No more excuses. Keep beating on them. But I'm just telling you, you know, this is how the system doesn't work. This is how the system is broke, and we've got a big problem because somehow we've got to fix this, Bob. And I appreciate you shedding the light on it. Yeah, well, I appreciate you being uh, you know, a loud voice for the people on this, too, Tom. That's the, what the We the People Convention is all about. Uh, Larry Aboff's phone number in his office, you know, this won't do you any good, but, but do it anyway. It's 614 466 7505. If everybody listening right now bombards that number, I would give you his cell phone right now, but that won't do you any good either. Number one, it would be irresponsible of me to do that on the radio. But number two, it's his voicemail's full. He's got people yelling at him constantly, and he's not taking the call. He won't answer it. There's no voicemail you can even leave. And like I said, I couldn't do that anyway. But uh, for goodness sakes, call his office at least 614 614- Four six six seven five zero five. Our uh, our liberty, our freedom as Ohioans, literally and Americans, literally depends on this. Tom Zawistowski, thank you much, my friend. 
Thanks, Bob. Glad to be with you. 1023, right back after this. Yeah, this is um, this is just very frustrating. Larry Aboff told me on live radio that he is not going to be working for Mike DeWine after his uh, Senate term ends, and he is not going to accept a judgeship. There is nothing that I can't remember. You know, what I'll do Marcy. See if we can pull that during the bottom of the hour news. Find that interview and pull that interview and find out exactly what he said in response to that question. That way, I don't have to just sit here and try to remember it and paraphrase it. But Larry Aboff was on with us in the late summer, and he said, "No, that's not a consideration." And now I have again from the Associated Press. Larry, this is December 2nd. Larry Obhoff said he has the votes to override the veto, and he will hold that vote if the veto happens by week's end. And at that time, of course, it did. So we got nothing. We got no no reason, no excuse, any reason whatsoever why uh, this is not being held in the Senate. And, by the way, I, I wonder why House Speaker Bob Cup did not do what was necessary to allow a virtual vote to take place on the House side if he knew he was going to have uh, 10, 12, 15 people out with COVID or COVID fears or COVID uh, uh, contact tracing, all of the isolation and quarantines, how he would not have made provisions for that. You know, they probably would have had to change the rules, uh, but, you know, you can do that. You can have that vote, too, and make that happen. Bob Cup doesn't seem to have any more of an appetite to stand up for the will of the people than Abhoff does. And this is why I said at the beginning, at the beginning of the show when I talked about this, I talked about the rhino horns. I said the rhino Republicans look like they're ready to sharpen their actual horns and, and do some good for the people. Because we have enough votes in the, in, the, in the Senate side, I am told. We have enough votes on the House side, I am told. We just have to have the doggone votes. Do what's necessary. Well, apparently, the two lead rhinos don't. They don't care about the will of the people. Apparently, rhino Larry Aboff and Bob Cup don't have an appetite here. They don't want to change anything. How can these people call themselves representatives of the people? And they are. They're representatives of Ohio voters. How can they represent our will when they won't follow what we are telling them to do? How can they call themselves representatives when they don't even want to have a say in what is done to our businesses, our homes, our houses of worship, our jobs, our livelihoods, our freedom? They don't want to have a say in it, which means they don't want to give us a say in it. They're going to let the governor do whatever he wants. How can they call us themselves representatives of the people when they won't represent us at all? We're going to get uh, news now. And on the flip side of the news, your calls, 216-901-0945, This is The Authority. Ten thirty-five. We continue on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Twenty-five minutes of outstanding, awesome left for you tomorrow. Doctor Everett Piper will be joining us, and also 
the return of our friend uh, Jack Windsor. He will be with us tomorrow to discuss something very different than COVID-19 and uh, Governor DeWine's nonsense. He's going to talk to us about the officer-involved shooting in Columbus that is turning uh, up yet another ridiculous race. Uh, I won't call it a race war yet, but uh, allegations of racism uh, in a police shooting. And uh, he's going to be writing about that for the Ohio Star, and he will talk to us about it tomorrow. So Dr. Piper and uh, Jack Windsor tomorrow. Let me go to Middleburg Heights. Conrad, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Thanks for waiting, Conrad. Go ahead. Hi, Bob. Thanks. Um, the In your last discussion, you were talking about all the lawsuits that have been won against DeWine's regulations. Well, if I had a list of those lawsuits and what they applied to, then whatever regulation was overturned by a court, I would just ignore it. I, I think that's the next step is we just need to start over ignoring the orders that a court has said are invalid and let him try to enforce them. Well, the the problem with that thinking is, um, you know, that's what the appeals system is for. The appellate courts uh, essentially say that any decision that has already been made by a judge is now up for review. So, in, you know, the, the ruling doesn't take effect. Unless there is an immediate injunction, an emergency injunction that is filed saying this rule is no longer valid or that order is no longer valid, um, it, it works its way through the courts. So as long as they file an appeal of any judge's ruling, uh, then technically if you ignore the order, you would still be liable because it has not been, it has not finished its way through the, the appellate process. Is is the is the only trouble with that, right? But at least I would feel like I had, uh, you know, there was something behind me to back up my decision. You know, if we if we continue to wait for legislators and judges to run our lives for us, we will always be locked up. There's got to be some point where we stand up as citizens and take some risk for this, right? And I would like to do that if I knew, like I say, I could hold up and say this judge said this is an invalid order. Here, you know, the only the only other thing I would say is what you just said. You you know, it takes some courage to stand up, and it takes also maybe some resources to stand up. If you want to take it and and show the courage you talked about to court, you know, you, you're going to have to fund that yourself, uh, and not a lot of people can do that. Uh, I no, believe I'm me. I'm not trying to talk you out of it. I'm saying if you if you try to say I'm going to ignore an order, and you end up getting a fine from the state, which they can do. Yeah. Uh, and then you want to challenge that in a court, you're going to have to put in the time and then potentially the money into legal representation to do it. And I don't know how many people have the ability to do that is the only issue. But if everybody did it, the, the courts wouldn't have it. They wouldn't be able to round us all up. That's you know how did things how did the Vietnam War well, get stopped? You're right about you know, that. I've said this about yeah. I've said the very same thing, my friend, about the uh, the orders you know for the business owners. I've said the business owners should just say together, collectively, we will not comply and just stay open because, again, you're a thousand percent right. If it's one or two businesses, the full weight of the Ohio, uh, you know, legal system will come down on them to make an example of them. But if it's 20, 25, 30, 50, 100, 150 businesses, uh, you know, they're not going to be able to do that to everybody. Eventually they're going to have to say, okay, well, we can't really enforce this. But it takes, you know, a Pied Piper to lead all of those businesses and all of those individuals in the case you're talking about down that, down that path, uh, to say if we all do it, they can't stop us. Uh, it's, it's, it's hard to find that kind of leadership though. Uh, Conrad? Yeah. No, no, go ahead and finish your last thoughts, sir. I I was going to say thanks. And also I've heard that there have been people that have just like groups of 15 and 20 have been walking through stores without masks, just as something like this. Have you heard anything about that? 
No, I have not. Um, I've heard people saying they wanted to do that um, because you know they're not going to. They're not, you know the store employees are not going to hassle people. I walk into virtually every business that there is without a mask, and I just walk in strutting, not looking for is this okay? Is this okay? I think if people, whether you're one or two or fifteen, walk in like this is normal, this is how it's supposed to be. Uh, generally, you're not going to get hassled. I very rarely even get approached, uh, and if I do, then I have my uh, citizens for free speech lanyard around my neck that I can show people to, but uh, uh, that's another story. Thank, thank you, Conrad. Right. I appreciate the call. I, I got to move on here, and I do see Rob Walgate on the line. Rob Walgate is our friend from the Ohio Roundtable, the American Policy Roundtable, the Public Square uh, Media Network, and uh, Rob, good to talk to you. How are you, sir? Well, Bob, how are you? I'm good. Uh, I'd be better if uh, Larry Abhoff would find his, uh, you know, his courage, uh, and I'll use that word to, to replace the word I wanted to say, uh, which would get us in trouble. Uh, if Larry Abhoff would do his job and uh, follow up on his own promise from 14 days ago, as quoted in the newspaper by the AP, that he would hold this vote, I'd be a lot better, Rob Walgate. How about you? Oh, I would be as well. Everyone knows how how hard that our team at the American Policy Roundtable, and quite frankly, millions and millions of Ohioans have worked on um, quarantine reform legislation, and they want their voice to be heard. I think what can be frustrating is when we look towards Columbus to de- to see the dysfunctionality of how the House and the Senate get along. You would think in this time that Republicans in the Senate and the Republicans in the House could come to an agreement, could have conversations, but it's like middle school. It's like two clicks of kids (laughs) and they can't get together and get it done, and that frustrates me. Now, I understand, and I I heard the interview with Tom, and he talked about the fact of um, the the people that are in quarantine or the people that have tested positive in the House, and there's roughly 15 people missing to vote, and he mentioned they could do it virtually. Well, you, you, you can't do it virtually if you haven't set it up to do it virtually. And what I mean by that is you would have had to change the rules. So to change the rules, you need a majority vote. So you probably would need those people to show up to vote on it to change the rules. So that's something. And if you're going to do that, you might as well just vote. You might as well just vote on the the override at the same time. You you might as well, Bob. But the interesting thing is Bridget Kelly put up a resolution to do that. She's a Democrat. She wanted to do that. That would have been allowed to do that. However, there's people obviously balking at the ability to do that because she is a Democrat. Now, this has been going on for 10 months, so we should have done this long ago. We should have been better prepared than, than waiting for the last week in December. And remember, we worked hard as well. There's another bill that was down there, House Bill 649, that was introduced in the summer on the House side. They couldn't even get that out of committee, and that was more stringent than 311. I believe Senate Bill 311 is a compromise from House Bill 649, because House Bill 649 would have said you can't require testing of any kind. You wouldn't have required anyone to use masks, gloves, or other coverings without someone's consent. So I think House Bill 649 would have been much better. But 311 was the compromise, and now 311 can't move. But I just think it's interesting, the infighting of the pointing of fingers back and forth from the House and the Senate, when the House had opportunities as well but we know the things that have happened all summer with the speaker and everything else that get, didn't get done. So it's frustrating that we're at the last week of December. We're looking at this, and I'll tell you what. Here's the deal with the Republicans in the state of Ohio. They're going to have a shot. And if it doesn't get done now, 
they have more Republicans coming in the House and the Senate after the new year. And I'm going to tell you, if they don't get something done, Bob, if we may be looking at the days of Ted Strickland and the Democrats taking over this state of get, again, because there's going to be so much frustration from conservatives in the state. I come at this from a nonpartisan perspective. I'm a registered independent. But there's no doubt I've been pushing for this legislation and supporting um, those and encouraging those in Columbus to get it done. If they don't get it done, there's going to be millions and millions of frustrated and mad Ohioans. Um, no doubt about that, uh, Rob. When you when you look at um, what what DeWine has done here, though, I fear and feel as though your optimism about about well, after the first year, there's going to be more Republicans. It's going to be pointless. Um, it's t- and I still don't understand this why it is, but even if this is overridden and it becomes law, or if we wait until after the first of the year and 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 then it's overridden and it becomes law, it's still there's still a ninety day grace period right where the same orders stay in effect. That's the reason I think so many people are like we have to do this now. It's already going to take us a long time to have it take effect. If we do this after the first of the year, we're getting into March and April, and we're still for the you know first three four months of the year going to be under this ridiculous yeah. rule. Oh, I agree wholeheartedly, Bob. That's why it should have been done six months ago, and we wouldn't even be having this yeah. conversation. I agree with you one hundred percent. And again, this is what I can't figure out. For those that don't think the law should be changed, my question to you is, do you think that one person, one unelected person, should have ultimate authority over millions and millions of healthy Ohioans? That's my question for you. Because if you say yes, that Well that question needs then, to be asked that question needs to be asked of Larry Aboff. That question needs yes. to be asked of anybody I know of every everybody. single one of them who holds a vote because it re, you know you you just you just narrowed it down Rob Walgate into you know a very easily digestible question this entirety of this order that order etc regardless of all of the specific details of the orders the question you just asked is the most important one should the judgment of one man the governor of the state of Ohio be be substituted and I'm paraphrasing your question uh, you know be you mean more than the judgment or the uh, the decisions or the liberties of, of you know, 11.5 million Ohioans. And quite frankly, it, 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 you know, it is the governor that's pushing these things, but it is the director of the Department of Health in law that has that authority. So, and again, even if the director was issuing orders that I agreed with, that I said, yeah, that's smart, you should do that, I would still be saying, listen, we can't have one person in charge of millions and millions of Ohioans. Because when they sign their name, that becomes total control. That's ridiculous. We, what system of government is this? And for us to look around, and it's embarrassing that the 132 lawmakers in Columbus can't get it done. We have to get it done. Because where are we going? And as was mentioned earlier with all the lawsuits, the government is over in all the lawsuits. They're over. And what do you see happening? You see a curfew put in place. The Columbus crew don't have to abide by the curfew. The Cleveland Browns don't have to abide by the curfew. The the Bengals and the Bearcats. Guess what? That's the governor picking in the health director. They pick the winners and the losers. The elite All the time. are the winners. That's who they pick. They define people as essential and non-essential. That's embarrassing and insulting. But they think they have that authority because they think they're smarter than the rest of us. And until we take that back, they're going to continue to do it. You're a thousand percent right. They absolutely think they're smarter than the rest of us. And and again, 
You just pointed out a few of the examples of picking winners and losers. I would call them winners and losers, but I would also call them, uh, you know, the the elite versus the, the you know the, the 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 plebes, if you will. Um, you know, the, this is the frustrating thing to me is they can literally the contradictory nature of it. I guess Robert uh, Walgate is what really bothers me. I mean, I, for everything from hey. If we gather, gather gather together in large crowds, the virus is going to spread, and we are going to indeed um, uh, overrun our hospitals. But the large crowd at the Browns game of twelve thousand—I know that's not large, you know, uh, relatively right. because yep. it's a sixty-five thousand uh, seat stadium. But if everybody must be home and off the roads and out of the public places by ten o'clock for the purpose of saving lives, is how they say this, how they phrase this. But we're willing to put lives in jeopardy because the game—it's a good game, it's a really big game, and it's a Monday nighter, and 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 there's a ton of people who want to be there, and we can't make them leave at halftime. They're saying there are times when we prioritize people's choices over saving lives. That's what they're saying. And that is, by the way, you know, it should be about people's choices. We are free in this country. We have liberty to go where we want to go when we want to go there without being told by a by an overbearing daddy wannabe named Mike DeWine telling us where to go and what to do. But essentially, Rob, what they're saying, and I know I'm kind of rambling, but they're saying we, we absolutely are committed to saving lives unless... And there are exceptions. Well, when you're talking about lives, if you truly believe this, there should be no exceptions. If your rule, your curfew, your lockdown, your this, your that, or the other is so important that, that it would put people out of work, etc., and it was so important to save lives and not crush our hospital staffs, then there would be no exceptions whatsoever. None for anything. And the fact that they pick and choose the elites, they pick and choose, as you say, the winners and the losers means there are exceptions, which means nothing that they say can be taken at face value. Yes, I can't say it any better. My question would become, I don't understand how things such as having more than one drink at a restaurant are legal. Now, I'm not advocating for prohibition. I'm not saying that shouldn't happen, but that would eliminate, would that eliminate more drunk driving deaths i mean to what extreme are we going to take this where does it end are we going to be wearing masks for the flu are we going to be locked down forever bingo but the the hypocrisy of it all the hypocrisy of it all is we're destroying our young people because we're telling them and i'm as pro athletics as you're going to find but we're telling them it's okay to have high school wrestling it's okay to roll around on the mat which i'm fine with that's cool but it's not okay to sit in a classroom with other students because the virus can spread there. You can wrestle with the kid. You can play basketball with the kid, but you can't shake hands after the game. But the hypocrisy of it all, Bob, when you look at the NFL, it's as big a joke as anything. They find Sean Payton $100,000 for not wearing his mask. Sean Payton had the virus. He can't get it and spread it to anyone else. It's insane. Yeah, it's it is. And by the way, the wrestling thing, propaganda. the wrestling thing you just talked about, by the way, the real insanity is the fact that they allow the kids to grab and roll around on the mat with each other, but they're not allowed to shake hands before or after because they might spread Don't the disease. Don't That's a rule. That's a rule. That's it's the OHS. Yep. Did you know that? That's a yes. rule. Oh, you can't 100%. shake. 100%. My son, 
my son, whose basketball team missed five games already due to these ridiculous restrictions, played their first game last night, right? Did you know they weren't allowed to do their handshakes at the beginning of the game? But yet, the minute the game started and somebody's on the free throw line, they are all lined up next to one another. Or they have to wear masks on the side. But they're lined up literally six inches from each other's face as they get ready to box each other out. And as the free throw uh, shooter makes or misses the free throw, they all slap his hands. Because that's the way it's, way it's done. And they share the, same, share the same basketball. Yeah, they share the same basketball. They're allowed to touch each other while on the court. But off the court, you have to sit apart from each other and you have to wear masks. Again, when you're on the court where you are breathing heavily and you're much more likely to be expelling and expectorating and exhaling any viruses that you might have, you don't have to be in a mask and you don't have to be six feet away from your teammate or your opponent. But when you're on the sideline breathing normally... You have to be six feet away from the other guys, and you have to be wearing a mask. It's all garbage. It's a show. It's a show. Understand that it's nothing more than a show. I'm sorry, Rob Ballgate, for going off the rails here, but uh, that's that. This is getting out of hand. Rob Ballgate, we need more people. We need more people running, Bob. We need more people to serve in the Ohio legislature. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Absolutely right. Rob, thank you for all the work you do, and Dave does, and everybody at the roundtable. Uh, terrific job. By the way, uh, we just to let everybody know, Christmas in America, which was held on my birthday back on December 5th, uh, is going to be aired live on our radio program. I want to remind everybody while you're here, on this radio program from 9 to 11 on Christmas Day, as we have done for the past several years, how can people hear that or get that, uh, uh, listen to that uh, broadcast, uh, Rob Allgate? Other than, other than Christmas Day right here. Sorry. Thepublicsquare.com. Go to thepublicsquare.com and they can... How much fun did you have that night, Bob? Oh, my gosh. I loved the 1968 and 2020 comparisons. It was unbelievable. It was entertaining. It was inspirational. It was educational. And that's... The, I don't know if I can say that about very many things, all three of those things. And it was some pretty good music. And some pretty good and it, music. Yeah, that was the entertaining part. <laughs> really good stuff. <laughs> Rob, thank you. Appreciate you. Thanks, brother. Talk soon. Uh, Rob Allgate, it's 1054. Got a jet back after this. Okay, short segment here to wrap up, as always. Thanks to Rob Allgate. I'm going to give it to you again. I know it doesn't do any good, but I'm going to give it to you again because we can't. then we can't say we did nothing. Uh, call Larry Aboff. He's the Senate president in the state of Ohio. Call his office. You probably will get no one, but let's do everything that we can. Call Larry Aboff at uh, this phone number. It is uh, 614-466-1700. Um, That's his office number. Like I said, I'd love to give you his uh, personal numbers, but that would be wrong and rude. I won't do such a thing, but man, it wouldn't do any good anyway. Like I said, I called the personal number. It's not being answered, and it is just going to straight to voicemail, which, of course, is full. So you are not even able to leave a message. Julie is in Cleveland. has got a thought on Mike DeWine as we wrap it up. Hi, Julie. Go ahead. Hi, Bob. I'll try to make it real fast. I just wanted to let you know that yesterday evening um, from Texas, I received a um, survey, and it took about 15 minutes, and it was asking me how I felt about DeWine, Houston, and Jim Jordan, how I thought the state was going, how I thought DeWine handled COVID. Would I be more apt to uh, approve of him 
if he were with Trump or if he were pro-life, and I just said he's disgusting, I can't stand him. Number two, real quick. Um, but, um, well, unfortunately, I don't have time for two. I've only got time for the one because we're out of time here. But I'm glad. I love it. Uh, no, I think he's disgusting. And I hate to be that personally insulting to say somebody is disgusting, but after what he's doing to us, I understand the feeling and the sentiment. Thank you so much for the call. Thanks to everybody for listening. Thanks for being a part of the show. We're back tomorrow. See you then. Bye-bye.